0: This is Ham College, Episode 68 for August 31st, 2020. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM and the new revolutionary IC705 with optional multifunction backpack. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next amateur license exam. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas.
1: And I'm Dean Martin.
0: And we have a special class for you tonight. This one, there's some tough questions on this. These are not some that I don't think you can really reason them out. You're just going to have to know the answers on them.
1: That seems to be a common theme here the last couple of weeks. It does. I, actually, I think last week it was fairly easy, but... Uh, we have had several of them like that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's the extra exam, so it's kind of going to be that way. Well, we're going to have some special things to talk about tonight. A little later on in the show, we're going to talk about this radio right here and how you could win in the Amateur Logic 15th Anniversary Contest.
1: You're going to win that exact one?
0: Um, yeah, well, no, not this exact one. You probably want a real one. (laughs) This one right here is uh, my cardboard. If
1: you don't have your license yet, you can win that one.
0: Right, yeah. If you can figure out where to plug in the microphone. (laughs) Well, what did we talk about on last month's episode?
1: Well, you made it kind of tough on me. Because you didn't put it on the sheet here. I did. Well, we talked about the... Oh, we talked about E1E, the Volunteer Examiner Program, but there's not any details on it. So that's what we talked about.
0: Yeah. And what are we going to talk about this month?
1: Well, that's a real good question because I had not really looked at it much. So it's going to be as much a surprise as it is to to everybody else.
0: It's going to be miscellaneous rules... Uh, including RF?
1: R- oh, yeah. Why don't we throw in some RF power amplifier stuff, too? Like
0: external ones? Uh, yeah,
1: and some prohibited communications. So maybe a little spread spectrum and auxiliary station stuff.
0: Yeah, and maybe some Canadian amateurs operating in the U.S. Special Temporary Authority and Control Operator of an auxiliary station.
1: I like how you think. That's a good idea.
0: That's a lot of topics to cover but there are miscellaneous so yeah
1: but there's always that (laughs)
0: yeah okay (laughs) well i guess we might as well get on into it uh with the first question here i don't know i'm just gonna i'll jump out there
1: jumping on head head first huh
0: yeah i'm just gonna jump in and ask you this one i I haven't really looked at it it
1: seems like a setup to
0: me well we won't we won't know
1: they won't know until we get there. Yeah, I don't, but think,
0: I don't think this group here is the ones where you could, you know, have like a domino effect if you started with the right one. I think all of these are going to kind of be equally the same. So my question to you is, if you were watching the show live and <laughs> you felt like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you felt like... That's a
1: good save.
0: Yeah. You were only having half the fun that you should be having. Where is the other half?
1: Well, the other half is over at hematurlogic.tv forward slash chat. Um, I do know that's a fact because I've got both of them going on here, and I'm having the full level of fun allowed by law.
0: Okay. What I really wanted to ask you, though, on what frequencies are spreads spectrum transmissions permitted. Oh, come on! <laughs> Is it A, only on amateur frequencies above 50 megahertz?
1: B, only on amateur frequencies above 222 megahertz?
0: C, only on amateur frequencies above 420 megahertz?
1: Or D, only on amateur frequencies above 144 megahertz? Whew. This is one I have very little uh, exposure to. Frequencies are spread spectrums permitted only above four twenty. I don't think I don't think it's fifty. So I don't think it's A. I don't think it could be wrong. I, I don't know the answer to this one. I'm guessing, man. I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's up into the UHF. Uh, 70 centimeters band, maybe to C. I, I really don't know the answer to this one. I'm going to go with C.
0: Okay. And that's Just
1: what, because I think it's happened to higher frequencies, I'm, I'm pretty sure.
0: And that's what most people in the chat room are saying. Unfortunately, they're wrong as well.
1: Well, at least I'm in good company.
0: It's B. I'm
1: oh. pretty sure this was a setup now that I'm reflecting on it.
0: Only on amateur frequencies above 222 (laughs) megahertz. Wow. You know, there's no way to reason that out. You just have to know it. Wow.
1: No. And and I don't know it, so obviously. But I do now.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: In about uh, six years, when all the question pools get renewed, I'll be good to go when we do a refresher. I hear you. What privileges are authorized in the U.S. to persons holding an amateur service license granted by the government of Canada? Okay, so A, none, they must obtain a U.S. license.
0: B, all privileges of an amateur extra class license.
1: C, the operating terms and conditions of the Canadian amateur service license not to exceed U.S. amateur extra-class license privileges.
0: R.D. full privileges up to and including those of an amateur extra-class license on the 80, 40, 20, 15, and 10-meter bands. You know, I think this this is...
1: This one, I think I know the answer to this one. There's only one there that really makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, this one you can kind of reason out, I think. Uh, Everybody in the chat room is saying the same thing i'm thinking i'm thinking it's c uh-huh. it's got to be yeah you can operate whatever you could with your uh canadian license but not beyond what you could if you were a, a u.s amateur extra that that makes the most sense i think
1: oh uh-huh. it does
0: okay under what circumstances may a dealer sell an external RF power amplifier capable of operation below 144 megahertz if it has not been granted FCC certification? Is it A, it was purchased in use condition from an amateur operator and is sold to another amateur operator for use at the operator station?
1: B, the equipment dealer... Assembled
0: it from a kit. C. It was imported from a manufacturer in a company that does not require certification of RF power amplifiers.
1: Or D. It was imported from a manufacturer in another country and was certified by that country's government. Okay, this one's kind of wordy. I'm going to have to kind of read it, even though the fourth time, I'm going to read it one more time here. Under what circumstances may a dealer sell so an external RF amplifier capable of operating for 144 and is not granted FCC certification. So like a homebrew thing or kit maybe. Okay, he was purchasing used condition from amateur operator sold to another amateur operator. That sounds plausible. Equipment dealer assembled it from a kit. I don't think. It's imported from a manufacturer country. I think it's going to be... The only one that kind of seems plausible to me there is A. I think if they got it in used condition from an amateur operator, and they're just going to turn around and resell it to another ham for use at their own place there. So maybe it was built a kid or something for... I think it's going to be A. I don't think the
0: equipment dealer is going to assemble from a kit. Most of uh, the answers in the chat room are A. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's A as well. And that's the one that makes the most sense. Okay.
1: How about one for you? Ready? Sure. Which of the following geographic descriptions approximately describes line A?
0: A- A line
1: roughly parallel to and south of the border between the U.S. and Canada.
0: B, a line roughly parallel to and west of the U.S. Atlantic coastline.
1: C, a line roughly parallel to and north of the border between the U.S.
0: and Mexico. Or D, a line roughly parallel to and east of the U.S. Pacific coastline. This is one of those that... Uh, well, do you have a picture? Well, I do, but I, I wasn't going to cheat and look at it. But we will look well, at you, it in a minute. Wouldn't
1: they show you the diagram if you're taking the test?
0: No. There's. This is all you get, is the question. Okay. All right, <clears throat> so what is line A? It's I to, A line. I'll have to be honest... I had no idea what they were talking about here when I was entering in the questions. Uh, But the answer, let's start at the bottom. A line roughly parallel to the east of the U.S. Pacific coastline? No, I think there is a line there, but that's not line A. C, a line roughly parallel to and north of the U.S. border. Uh, between the U.S. or north of the border between the U.S. and Mexico. No. B, a line roughly parallel to and west of the U.S. Atlantic coastline. No, it, it's a, a line roughly parallel to and south of the border between the U.S. and Canada. Uh, what do you think, Dean? Did you? I don't
1: have a diagram, so, and it's been a long time. That's, I mean, that sounds plausible.
0: Line A. Um, most of them who put an answer in the chat room are saying it's A.
1: Okay, then I'm saying it's A too. Although they did steer me wrong on the other one.
0: And it is A. Well, I mean,.
1: Oh, you know why? Because they say, in Canada, they say A a lot. You know, that never occurred to me. It should be line A-Y-E, eh?
0: Yeah. Or I think, or is, it, is it that, or is it? E-H. Yeah, I don't know. Mike could, could chime in the chat room and tell us. Or I think it may be E-H. I don't know.
1: He's in there. He'll have to clear it up for us.
0: Yeah. E-H and then a E with an apostrophe over it. I'm not even sure you can pronounce that here.
1: Well, there you go. Anyway, there's how you're going to remember which part of the country it's in. So by Canada, eh?
0: Yep. Eh? Hey. You know, I had to do some digging to find that diagram you were talking about. And it's not the diagram. You won't see it on the test. I found it right here, though, at the FCC.gov website. Oh, wow. Yeah, check that out. Line A is just south of the U.S.-Canadian border, and Line B is just north of the border. Now, why we need those two lines, I'd have to do some more digging to figure that out, but I'm assuming, you know, the the two countries have Different allocations. So that has got to be something to do with it. So there you go. If you didn't know what line A is, it's the one right there that says line A. There's also a C and a D over there that's kind of dividing off Alaska. I guess. I'm
1: not sure how to tell you how to remember that one.
0: Yeah. I've got a question for you. All right. Amateur stations may not transmit. in which of the following frequency segments if they are located in the contiguous 48 states and north of line A? Is it A, 440 megahertz through 450 megahertz? B, 53 megahertz to 54 megahertz C, 222 megahertz to 223 megahertz or D
1: 420
0: megahertz to 430 megahertz. There, there's um, either a lot of folks that are cheating and looking at the answers or live close to the border up there because everybody's saying D in here. Oh, man, I shouldn't have said anything. Never mind what I said. That doesn't mean D. they're right.
1: I'm going with D.
0: <laughs> that doesn't mean they're right now. So. <laughs> Okay. Uh, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> so let's let's work through it anyway. Forty to four fifty. That's common common used uh, repeaters and stuff are in there. I don't know much about the two hundred and twenty megahertz. I had one radio that did that a long time ago and and I didn't have it for long. Now, I don't amazing. think it's fifty three in the six meters. So I think I do think it's D, four twenty to four thirty. I think what's what's down there is that satellite or digital? No, four thirty-four with satellite. Uh, it must be the digital stuff that's down there. I'm I'm going with D. Okay. A little birdie whispered in my computer screen over here beside me
0: too. Well, I would say yeah, it's either A or D. I, I'm sure, pretty sure it's not you know down uh, 53 to 54 megahertz yeah,
1: and i don't think it's in the repeater se- section so it's got to be d
0: all right well let's see and you are correct with no <laughs> with no hints at all
1: it's amazing <laughs> yeah now stay tuned for my next trick
0: <laughs> okay well i'm <laughs> i'm more concerned about my next one right now
1: Under what circumstances might the FCC issue a special temporary authority for STA to an amateur station? A, to provide for experimental amateur
0: communications. B, to allow regular operation of land mobile channels.
1: C, to provide additional spectrum for personal
0: use. Or D, to provide temporary operation while awaiting normal licensing. Hmm, I think we can reason this one out. Under what circumstances might the FCC issue a special temporary authority, or an SDA, to an amateur station? Uh, we'll start at the bottom. D, to provide temporary operation while awaiting normal licensing. No. You know, they're not going to let you skirt around having a license. C, to provide additional spectrum <laughs> for personal use. That doesn't sound right to me either.
1: I think the temporary operation, that's called CB. Uh,
0: well, yeah. Uh, B, to allow regular operation on land mobile channels. No, they, they wouldn't give you a special temporary authority for that. A, to provide for experimental amateur communications. That's got to be it. You know, that's the one that makes most sense to me. Chat room, yeah, they're, they're all saying it's a, so that, that's would, my answer. I agree with you. Okay. And it is. Hey, but well, we'll be back in just a moment, and we'll continue on because we got more questions for you. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion, as you have base station features and functionality at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo, or just over 2 pounds, with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 5-Watt battery operation with BP272, or 10-Watts with a 13.8-volt DC supply. Modes include single sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, and live band scope with waterfall. Integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, micro-USB connector, Bluetooth, and wireless LAN, And there's a microSD card slot. It comes standard with the HM243 speaker microphone, and it supports QRP and QRPP operations. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the LC192 optional backpack with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. The IC-705 has now received FCC certification, and ICOM expects products to be shipping to dealers by the end of September. Visit ICOMAmerica.com slash amateur for more information about this and all the great ICOM radios. What do you say we give away something?
1: Hey, look what I found. We can give these away. I've oh. got a nice ham crew t-shirt. Somewhere? Well... You got, me, you got me cropped here, so I can't really tell. Nice Ham Crew T-shirt. You'll look as good, good leaving the Ham Fest as you did when you got there. And a nice ball cap to go with it. As well as what other goodies Jesse puts in the bag, which I'm sure there'll probably be some others. But uh, I guess that depends on what they have in at the time. But uh, this is one of my favorite Ham Fest T-shirts right here. And it can be yours. To get yours to enter the contest, you need to send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. You don't need to be licensed. All you need is a name and an email address.
0: I'm going to reach into the hat, and I just did, into the virtual hat here, and pulled a lucky winner out for this week's contest, or this month's contest. And that is going to be Craig Emmett. N1KY, he said, Howdy, Professor Thomas and Dean Martin. Love the show. Please enter me in this month's contest for the sweet ICOM swag.
1: And he's in the chat room, so congrats, Craig. Oh
0: okay. Wow, okay, yeah.
1: cool. You'll be hearing from Jesse really soon about uh, getting yours.
0: When may an amateur station send a message to a business? A when the total money involved does not exceed $25. B,
1: when the control operator is employed by the FCC or another government agency.
0: C, when transmitting international third-party communications.
1: Or D, when neither the amateur nor his or her employer has a pecuniary interest in the communications. And you should... know what this one is and most everybody probably does already um you can't really do anything to to make money so it's not going to be a um you can't do anything any kind of anything on hand that's going to make you money like that on the amateur radio bands uh so it's not going to be a you no know, it's only 25 dollars or less and the control operators employed by the fcc or another government agency um it's the, same, it's the same thing. They have the same rules as we do for on the amateur bands. And transmitting international third-party communications, and I don't think that really even comes into play, but this one does, when neither the amateur nor his or her employer has a pecuniary interest in the communications. So that's going to be like, like I think if you send in... Uh, message to the hospital, things like that. Um, Anyway, so the answer is going to be D. I am sure of it. It's almost like I had a premonition. saw it in my mind.
0: Yeah, I saw it in your mind, too. (laughs) Okay. Well, next question.
1: Okay. Which of the following types of amateur station communications are prohibited? A. Communications transmitted for higher or material compensation, except as otherwise provided in the rules.
0: B, communications that have political content, except as allowed by the Fairness Doctrine.
1: C, communications that have religious content.
0: Or D, communications in a language other than English. Which of the following types of amateur station communications are prohibited in the rules? Hmm, well, I think we can reason this one out. D, communications in a language other than English. I don't think that's prohibited. um, Because if you're, say, you're talking to a station in Germany, if you can speak German, you know, Why
1: not?
0: Sure. um, C, communications that have religious content. Well, I don't think that's prohibited because there are uh, religious networks Mm -hmm. that, uh, that are on the air. B, communications that have political content except as allowed by the Fairness Doctrine. I don't think that's prohibited because you hear a lot of political content now. You know, it is good practice to uh, not have politics. It's not illegal, Mm -hmm. so uh, that only leaves A communications transmitted for hire or material compensation, except as otherwise provided in the rules. Yeah, I'm saying A.
1: Yeah, we just kind of just. Just kind of that on the last question,
0: too.
1: So I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. Well, let's see. And it is, which of the following conditions apply when transmitting spread spectrum emissions? And I know you really like this topic. A, station transmitting SS emissions must not cause harmful interference to other stations employing other authorized emissions.
1: B, the transmitting station must be in an area regulated by the FCC or in a country that permits spread-spectrum
0: emissions. C, the transmission must not be used to obscure the meaning of the communication.
1: Or D, all of these choices are correct. I'm thinking it's probably going to be D, but I'm going to read back over it just to be sure. Which is following conditions apply when transmitting spread spectrum. A station transmitting must not cause harmful interference to others. That that's kind of a given. We shouldn't cause harmful interference to other stations anyways, no matter which modes you're in. So A A should be true. The transmitting station must be in an area regulated by the F C C or in the country that permits it, spread spectrum. And that should be true also, I think. C. the transmission must not be used to obscure the meaning,
0: of any communications, and that's
1: true. So I'm going with D. All of these choices are correct.
0: I'll agree, and everyone in the chat room agrees as well. All those so choices—they're quite agreeable
1: to mine. Mm-hmm.
0: All of those are correct. Who
1: may be the control operator of an auxiliary station? A, any licensed amateur.
0: B, only technician, general, advanced, or amateur extra class operators.
1: C, only general, advanced, or amateur extra class operators.
0: Or D, only amateur extra class operators. Who may be the control operator of an auxiliary station? Um... I think any licensed amateur operator. Let's see, over in the chat room, they're a little split on that one. Oh,
1: uh, see, I would have, I would have picked B, but I was afraid I was wrong after I listened to you.
0: Well, don't ever listen to me.
1: The novice is only CW.
0: Yeah, that was a tough one. They were saying A, B, and C in the chat room there. Um. Wow. Well, yeah. So we got one buzzer each tonight. Yep. Yeah. So I guess it's the novice that um, could not operate an auxiliary station, and this could, you know, this could be. Um, well, I guess the first thing you'd want to know is what is an auxiliary station. This is a little bit to know about an auxiliary station. There are several form of auxiliary operation such as a remote control of a station at a different location, like a repeater on a mountaintop, where a radio link is used to make one-way transmissions of DTMF tones to change its operating parameters. That's one example. Another one is voice links between two or more stations within a system of stations, like point-to-point links for repeater's remote receivers, Back to the main repeater site, a dedicated point-to-point link between different repeaters and a system of either full or part-time linked repeaters, a combination of remote control and point-to-point voice links or uh, point-to-point links from the receivers of a remotely located station back to the station's control operator at their control point. So if uh, you were not sure what an auxiliary station was, that's kind of what it is right there. It's, a, it's not the station that you're sending your communications on, but it's one that's involved in those transmissions for remote control or linking them together or, um, you know, that type of thing. That that link we just showed you there will give you all the details, a lot more information than that on exactly what a remote sta or an auxiliary station is. And okay. I have another question for you here and oh this might be the last one for tonight.
1: Oh uh, so there's no chance for a tiebreaker. Um uh, well yeah. if I lose this if I miss it it's a tiebreaker. But you don't have a chance to redeem yourself.
0: No, I don't. (laughs) Which of the following best describes one of the standards that must be met by an external RF power amplifier if it is to qualify for a grant of FCC certification? A. It must produce full legal output when driven by not more than 5 watts of mean RF input power. B,
1: it must be capable of external RF switching between its input and output networks.
0: C, it must exhibit a gain of 0 dB or less over its full output range.
1: Or D, it must satisfy the FCC's spurious emission standards when operated at the lesser of 1,500 watts or at its full output power. Okay, uh, must be must produce full legal, full legal output must it doesn't say that it's a full legal limit uh, amplifier, so I don't think it's going to be a because of the way it's worded. must be capable of external R switching between its input and output networks don't think that's an FCC certification thing. Exhibit a gain of 0 dB or less. It's no gain. Must satisfy the FCC spurious emission standards. Now we're getting somewhere at when operated at the lesser of 1500 watts or its full output power. So when you crank it up, it can't. Uh, be releasing spurs greater than what the limits are of the regulation state. Now, it's got to be D. You must satisfy the FCC spurious emission standards when operated at the lesser of 1,500 watts or at its full output power, and that is my final answer.
0: And that's what everyone's saying over in the chat room. I'm inclined to agree, and it is D. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just want to comment on that, on some of those answers there. On okay. The answer, A, it must produce full legal output when driven by not more than 5 watts. You know that's not right because most linear amplifiers take more than 5 watts of drive. Uh, on HF now, maybe uh, they don't have to. I mean, you could make it some other way, but... The ones I've used have all taken more than 5 watts. And
1: then and then 5 watts to the full legal output, which yeah. would be 1,500 watts.
0: Yeah, because, you know, probably most people running amplifiers don't have uh, full legal output. Mm-hmm. So that would say you can't have an amplifier, or they're not going to certify one unless it's, you know, legal limit. That's not right. Right. And... And the other one I wanted to comment on was C there. It must exhibit a gain of 0 dB or less over its full output range.
1: Yeah, that's like no gain.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, there is no gain at 0 dB, and there's lots of anything less. Border yeah. wave. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty easy to rule that one out. Uh-huh. Well, that's all the questions we've got for tonight. But we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the 15th anniversary of Amateur Logic that is coming up in October and how you might win a nice prize package. In the meantime, though, not you. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stufflebeam KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. Let's talk a little bit about what we're going to give away. Okay. It's coming up on the 15th anniversary of the first episode of Amateur Logic. You know, that episode, part of it was filmed during the approach of Hurricane Katrina, and then it wasn't yep. released for another month. And so,
1: Yeah, that wind that's blowing
0: out there, that was the hurricane wind blowing in a little bit. Yep. Um, and we didn't know if there would be an episode two. We just knew there was going to be a one. So.
1: Well, um, you know, we don't plan further than that.
0: Yeah. That's about as far ahead as you can safely plan on things like this. Yeah. So anyway, we're still going 15 years. And once again, ICOM, MFJ, and some other great companies have sponsored another contest. So we've got some things we're going to be giving away here in October. The grand prize is going to be one of the real one of these right here. This is just a cardboard mock-up. Cardboard cardboard cutout of your own. Yep. And these. this is the ICOM IC705. Now, they will be shipping into the U.S. around the end of September. Uh, dealers should be receiving them. And Ray has assured me we will have one to give away in October. So it's a new hybrid radio. Uh, base station performance and functions are packaged in a compact and lightweight portable size. It's perfect for soda, POTA, or some other on-the-air location. It has an output power of 10 watts with an external 13.8-volt DC power supply, or 5 watts with an ICOM BP-272 lithium-ion battery pack. That's the same battery that fits the ICOM 51A talkie as well as some of their others. It operates on HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 440 megahertz, with D-Star DV, single sideband CW, AM, and FM modes. It features RF direct sampling system. Uh, you know, that's a software-defined radio in the truest sense, not one that's just uh, taking an IF signal and then demodulating it. It has high-speed, high-resolution, real-time spectrum scope and a waterfall display that's incorporated into the compact design for the first time in this class of radio. Users familiar with real-time spectrum scopes and waterfalls seen on the IC7300 and 9700 can now use it in field operation, utilize the base station features without the price of one in a compact radio. Uh, and you can quickly monitor band activity, find a clear frequency, or find where the signals are. It's got DSTAR functions built in, which this is the first for a QRP radio. It's got the latest G3 gateway and DV mode features. And it has direct access to the DSTAR network with terminal and access point mode. does photo sharing, as we've seen with the IC9700. And you can share photos with it or um, an IC9700 radio without a computer. GPS functions, uh, enhanced fill operation with the built-in GPS receiver and antenna. It includes logging the RX and TX locations via DPRS, near-me repeater search and scan, QSA recording and metadata, and internal clock synchronization. That does require a micro SD card, which the unit has a micro SD card slot built in. And there's an optional backpack. The ultimate accessory to go with the IC-705 is the LC-192 utility backpack for field operations. The IC-705 stays secure with a mounting lug that's equipped with a safety strap. So when you put the radio in here, it can be locked in and you just open the flap operate the radio and you don't have to take it out of the pack and you don't have to worry about it falling out. Adjustable internal panels for custom components and accessories like antennas, battery packs, or an afternoon snack or whatever you want to put in there. The large 4.3 inch color touchscreen also has built-in Bluetooth and wireless LAN, a micro SD card slot, and it comes with the HM243 programmable speaker microphone.
1: You're also going to get a MFJ2289 Big Ear HF antenna. It's an easily portable antenna. It's easy to set up, and it's easy to tune. It's going to be a great pair for the IC705. So it's a good, tough antenna. Uh, you've seen me use it on a f- couple of the field day shows that we've done in the past. I really like mine. It's a good general coverage antenna can be tuned down to really low SWR, anywhere between 7 and 55 megahertz. So that's going to cover a lot of your bands there. They're good, strong, weather-resistant stainless steel whips. And once it's assembled, it'll stretch out to an impressive 34-foot span. That's about twice the length of most other portable antennas. It's got MFJ's unique center block, sturdy 45-degree center block with MFJ's unique high-Q matching system. So you'll have a pair of ears to really help you bring in the weak signals that a lot of the other sessions may be struggling with. In addition, to tie it all together, you're going to get some RG-8X coax cable from MFJ as well. It's also going to come with an optional MFJ-1918 EX tripod, mast, and a carry bag combo. In addition to that, You're going to get an MFJ4115 power supply. It's a good compact power supply. It's great for traveling. weighs just one and a half pounds. It's going to fit nicely in a backpack. Provides 13.8 volts DC power, 15 amps continuous. Enough current to power most VHF and UHF or QRP radios.
0: You know, I did not know that they offered that um, in a complete package like that. The big ears, antennas and the tripod and the carry bag you may want to work hands-free or uh, you might want to use a headset with this radio although it does come with a speaker microphone Uh, we've got courtesy of uh, bob and everyone at heil sound the heil bm17 headset it's a medium weight headset designed for emergency communication but it's also perfect for portable and on-the-go operations Single-side or dual-side models are available. The BM-17 dynamic mic element is used with many rigs. In this case, you're going to get the BM-17 IC electret element. That's good for use with uh, some ICOM radios that need a little extra gain in the microphone. Speakers in the BM-17 are very sensitive, and they don't require much drive from the transceiver. So that means you won't really need to turn up the volume that much and maybe use a little less battery power. The Heil AD1 adapters are available also for most popular rigs, and that will be included. So you don't have to worry about building up a cable when you get this microphone headset. You can get one of the Heil adapters and be ready to plug right in and go. And in addition to that, well, we've got uh, one other prize that we're going to add. Well, it's actually a variety of prizes. This is the Forest MIMS Engineering Mini Notebooks and the latest version of Getting Started in Electronics from W5YI and Master Publishing. I have long been a believer in the Forest MIMS books. I've got a set right here, uh, all of the mm-hmm. volumes of the Mini Notebooks as well as the Getting Started in Electronics. These are, all I can say is they're perfect for getting started in electronics or constructing projects, building things yourself, because Forrest lays it out so simple here. Uh, Everything, a lot of schematics in here for all kind of projects that you might want to build. I have built many uh, things in the past, taking some of the various schematics and projects from Forrest's book, and combining them together to make what it is I wanted to build. Like I built an audio mixer using um, some pieces out of these projects. I've, I've built uh, alarms and uh, audio sensors and just all kinds of different things. And the good thing about these books, they don't bog you down with a whole lot of theory. He just jumps right in, shows you what you need to know to start learning and building so, you don't get bored, you know. You can immediately. Yeah,
1: I've got the set of the old original ones I got it, mm-hmm. uh, at Radio Shack years ago. I've still got them. I love those great books.
0: And the Getting Started in Electronics volume is a great one, too. It covers a little more detail on things in here about uh, the different components, uh, you know, more information on them to let you know what's out there and how it operates. And you'll be getting the latest edition of this. There is a new edition um, that has not been out long. So uh, the whole set of books here are Forrest Mims books from W5YI and Master Publishing. A, a great compliment. Now, not that you're going to want to build stuff while you're out, you know, on a summit on the air or in the park. But when you're back in the shack, these are... You've
1: got to go home sooner or later.
0: Exactly. And this will give you some good things to do. Well, that's it. That's uh, the prizes we've got for this year's contest. and And There's some nice ones, too. That's all you need for QRP operation. So let's talk about how you can win that. Well, we've shown you the prizes now. Uh, The qualifications, you've got to be a licensed U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with a U.S. or Canadian shipping address.
1: There's only one entry per contestant. Sending more than one entry disqualifies the applicant.
0: The winner is responsible for any taxes that are incurred.
1: The winner agrees to the use of his or her call sign and name and promotional and use items related to the contest.
0: Contestants must not be an employee or affiliate of Amateur Logic, ICOM, MFJ Enterprises, Howl Sound. How would you enter? Well,
1: it's funny that you ask. I can tell you. You should send an email to contest2020 at tv, with only your call sign in the subject line. Only your call sign in the subject line. Include your name, call sign, class of license, and address in the email message.
0: And the submissions have got to be made between Friday, August 14th and Monday, October 12th of 2020.
1: How are we going to pick the winner?
0: Well, what do you think would be the first good idea?
1: Well, I'm thinking it worked la- okay the last few times, so why don't we uh, pick the, the winner by a random number from the entries received. The winner will be announced on October the 16th episode of AmateurLogic.tv. TV. <laughs>
0: And if it's determined the winning entry does not meet the qualification requirements, another one will be chosen using the same method.
1: Find the rules and how to enter at www.amateurlogic.tv forward slash contest. You can see it at the bottom of your screen.
0: And we want to thank ICOM, MFJ, Heil Sound, and W5YI and Master Publishing for making this contest possible. And we especially want to thank our viewers from Amateur Logic and Ham College. Uh, for the last 15 years, you know, we wouldn't still be doing this if it wasn't for you guys.
1: No, if you weren't watching them, we sure wouldn't be still just making them for fun. Although they are fun, I have to admit. But uh, we really appreciate you hanging with us for so long, and hopefully you'll be there for a good while longer.
0: Yep. So um, you can go in right now. Go check out the details, though. Go to the page we mentioned, amateurlogic.tv slash contest.
1: I want to say you should get a auto-response that your submission was received. If you don't get it, don't keep sending so you're disqualified. Uh, send one of us an email, and we can check it. I've checked a few of them for a few people already. Um, anyway, we'll be glad to check that for you. Um, generally they've been going out but this occasion sometimes some ice spam filter pick it up or something like that where it'll happen yep. but uh, anyway, and i'll get that out there so you don't disqualify
0: if you have an aol email address you might not get the auto responder sometimes aol has been bouncing emails back from um, our server so uh, just be aware of that but just send an email to george or tommy at amateurlogic.tv and we'll check it for you if you if you're not sure.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to do that.
0: Well, Tommy, I am sporting what used to be a one-of-a-kind model of an Amateur Logic brain t-shirt. I thought I would need that tonight because of these tough questions that we had. What if somebody else needed an AmateurLogic brain t-shirt? Where can well, they go?
1: You can't, I know where you can go get one, actually. You can go to com. We've actually got those T-shirts. We've got the ones like you've seen us wear before, uh, the ball caps, cups, uh, showing polo shirts, although they were out of stock. Uh, I need to check and see if they're back, but uh, if they're not, I'm sure they'll be getting some more in. But there's a lot of different swag on there right now amateur logic and ham college swag so go check it out probably something you might like on there
0: before we go a couple other things that we do want to mention uh that is our social media groups that you can join us or check and see what's going on throughout the month yeah
1: so you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ham college you can follow us at ham college on twitter Or we also have a groups.io now, which we've had for probably a year or so now, maybe a little longer, but it's groups.io forward slash G forward slash Amateur Logic. And there's not a lot of traffic on there. If you don't want to get bombarded, that's probably the way to go to get your notifications when we're going live. Um, So anyway, a groups.io account is pretty, pretty neat, and you can set your email is to get one email a day or you get individual ones all through the day so if you get too many you can back it down to one easily so it's a nice option for people that that don't do the social
0: media thing yep and if you want show notes on what's happened in um, various episodes of ham college or amateur logic you can find that at our wiki amateurlogic.tv slash wiki well, Dino, I think that's going to wrap it for tonight. Do you have any final thoughts for the students before we go?
1: No, you guys did great tonight, and, and uh, you bailed me out twice. Well, they bailed me out once, you bailed me out once, so I appreciate the help. Apparently, I needed it. Well, <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It was,
0: uh,
1: it's been fun, and uh, go get your contest entry in, and we will see you in a couple weeks for the next amateur Logic.
0: Okay, yeah, do join us then, and join us back at the end of next month for the next Ham College. But be sure to enter the contest like uh, Tommy said there. No reason not to. Somebody's going to get a great package there. Well, thanks for being here, everyone. We appreciate you hanging with us. And uh, for those of you studying for extra, Good luck on the exam or those of you studying for any of the amateur radio exams, good luck on your exam. And just just hang with it, keep going over your questions, do a little study there, and you'll get it. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Seven three.
0: Seven
1: three, we'll see you next time. what happened does my does my video look okay
0: you look uh, like a martian when may an amateur station send a message to a business a when the total money involved does not exceed 25 dollars
1: okay but you want to take the answer away
0: Okay. Was the answer there the whole time? I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe just... <laughs> <laughs> so, I try to throw you a bone, and you <laughs> you don't even notice. <laughs> Contestants must not be an employee or a filament of Amateur Logic, ICOM. Did I say affiliate or filament?
1: You said a filament? Can't be a (laughs) filament or an affiliate.